Ladies and gentlemen, now is the time for the host with no filter and the millennial who keeps him in check. Get ready for the stories that matter to you. It's Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro and Jamie D. Yes, that's right. Get ready for the stories that only matter to Brian Shapiro because I'm a selfish bastard. Welcome to the show. It's Pushing the Limits. I'm just kidding. It is Pushing the Limits. Thank you so much for joining us on a hump day, a very sunny and bright Wednesday, VGK day. What else we got going on here? Man, there's so much going on today. It's unbelievable. Across from me, of course, uh, JBD's always got stuff going on. What's up, Jamie? Yeah, it's hump day. It is hump day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to PTL. Has anyone in the studio studio been humped today? I haven't been humped yet. What if you've been humped (laughs) by a a dog? Does that count? Because I went went to 7-Eleven to get my uh, daily Slurpee, which is very healthy. It's very good for me. And uh, I had two dogs that were humping my leg. And then I I looked at the attendant. I said, I finally got some action today. And she literally almost spit out her gum. Um, Yeah. Anyway, welcome. Welcome to the show, everybody. we got a lot to get to today. We're going to be talking about my very good friend, Mike Lindell, coming up here in a couple minutes. He's got those horrible pillows, you know, the, the, the snake oil salesman. We have some very funny audio to play for you. He actually did an interview with Newsmax, and the anchor walked out in the middle of the interview. It was great. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, you know, this is a really interesting topic because you hear from mostly Republicans, George Soros is ending the world. He's taking over the billionaires, buying all these Democrat lefty politicians. Well... The lady we have with us um, at the bottom of the hour, her name is Rachel Ehrenfeld. She's the author of the Soros Agenda. Uh, she's been writing about George Soros, and she's pretty uh, educated when it comes to George Soros. So we're going to be talking about him and why is it that Republicans keep bringing him up? Is he breaking any laws? We'll talk to her at the bottom of the hour. Uh, weird story. You know, uh, I've always been a big Jamie Foxx fan, and uh, he's been in the hospital for three weeks. And it's yeah, interesting it's because the family... Not saying what happened. They're keeping it close to the vest, which, by the way, is their right. But it's, it's a mystery, and uh, they're asking for prayers. When a family asks for prayers, that means there's something serious going right. on. It's not good at all. Not good. And Jamie Foxx is a brilliant actor. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about and that. And musician. Yes. That. Yeah, he's great. I mean, uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that later on. Update on the Henry Rugg situation. And then we have a woman who uh, newlywed, literally, who just was married. And the same day she was married, killed by a drunk driver. It just uh, And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this DUI stuff because it's important to talk about, especially when it comes not just to Henry Ruggs, but the amount of people that die in this year, every, every day, really, from drunk drivers, it, it's horrible. Um, we're going to get to that. Uh, obviously, uh, good news, the fugitive in Texas who killed five people. Notice how I'm not Greg Abbott, and I don't say five illegals or five this. No, five human beings were murdered. Uh, the person who's responsible, we believe, has been captured, so we're going to talk a little bit about that in the Florida abortion uh, ban that is in effect. Uh, we're going to tell you, uh, give you a story about how it greatly affected one person. Uh, it's affected more than one, but it affects everybody, but uh, it's a really sad story, and uh, we're going to talk about that in hour number two as well. But Jamie, Let's have a little fun to start the show, shall, shall we? You know, I mean, it, I love having fun. Well, there's nothing fun about what happened on January 6th, right? There's nothing fun about people that attack our democracy. There's nothing fun about people that lie. Um, but I think we all could agree Mike Lindell is a complete idiot. Uh, uh, the reason why Mike Lindell for years now has been saying Donald Trump won the 2020 election, it's one reason. It's not because he believes it. The reason why he's done it is because it keeps him in the news. And he thought when he started doing this whole thing about 
the, the nonsense about Trump winning the 2020 election and the Dominion voting machines. The reason why he did all this, because he thought that it would help his business and he would make a lot of money and it would be great for his business and it's free advertising. And he did get that for a little while, by the way. But now he's involved in multiple lawsuits. Apparently, he went on social media and said, if anybody can prove that I'm wrong and that there wasn't election fraud, uh, I'll give you $5 million. And now there's this separate... Your, your mic's not on, Jamie. By the way, there, the, now that now, now there's this $5 million lawsuit where it looks like Mike Lindell's going to have to pay off this guy $5 million. <laughs> it's the same reason why Donald Trump ran for president, right? I personally believe, and people that close to him agree... When Donald Trump originally ran for president in what, around 2015, mm-hmm. I don't think he did it because he thought he could actually win. He did it because he thought it would be good for his brand. It was yep. get his name out there. And then as the days, months, and years came closer, he actually believed he had a chance. And then, mm-hmm. you know, he won. But I think Mike Lindell did this for the same reason, not because he believes that, uh, not because he believes that, uh, he, won the 2020 election, but Mike Lindell did this because he thought it would be profitable for him. And now he's had to file for bankruptcy and he's getting sued and there's legal representation. So anyway, the reason why we're talking about Mike Lindell, because he's done a few interviews recently that have not gone very well. Let me start with CNN. So a CNN reporter, a skilled reporter did an interview with Mike Lindell for an hour and a half. And I just want to, I'm not going to play you all of it, but I'm going to play you a little excerpt of this CNN reporter in a room alone with Mike Lindell, who, by the way, not a very good listener. He interrupts the reporter constantly. Mm. But I want to play you a little bit of this exchange that the CNN reporter had with Mike Lindell about this supposed election fraud and Donald Trump won in 2020. Have a listen to this. Carrie Lake, Mark Fincham, Jim Mershine, Christina Caramo, Matt DiPerno, Tudor Dixon, Blake Matt. They all lost. All of, no, all of them won. They were, every one of them was stole with computers. And we can show you that. The majority of Americans believe the 2020 election was not stolen. The machines were not the problem. The majority of Americans find that. Well, who's your, where do you find this fact? Who gives you the this is, this No, is, who gives you them? Well, where are you getting your the, facts? Can I get, that because is, that don't is, spew a lie. That's not a lie. <laughs> where are you getting your facts? Meanwhile, this Show is, me right now. Meanwhile, this is the same guy who had this sub- symposium and, and showed no evidence and has yet to show any evidence of widespread voter fraud that would have even been close to Donald Trump winning the 2020 election. He spewed nothing but lies. By the way, he is the one that started the Dominion voting machine nonsense. Mm. If not for Mike, and there are other people involved, but if not for Mike Lindell, I don't think Fox News would have had to pay out $800 million. <laughs> Mike, Lindell so, the, Mike Lindell is the one that started this crap. How so? Well, he started the rumor that was mm. obviously not true that mm. Dominion voting machines, uh, you know, were were fixed and uh, for Joe Biden and Fox News just yeah. ran with it, right? Mm. So Mike Lindell has been doing this for a long time, and uh, like I said, I believe he started doing this, you know, because he thought it would be good for his business and get his name out there. But it mm. has backfired uh, over the last six months. It's backfired, and even Republicans now are going against. Um, Mike Lindell, Rudy Giuliani has lost a lot of money. He's broke. Mm. Uh, Mike Lindell has had to file for bankruptcy with his My Pillow, which is a horrible product, by the way. I had a ho- <laughs> somebody bought me a My Pillow for my thirtieth uh, birthday, and uh, the next day my my neck was like killing me. Are you being serious? No, I'm being completely serious. Wait, can you sue him for that? <laughs> I opened up the pillow because I thought he might have put drugs in there, but uh, there was no drugs in there, and. Uh, uh, I actually uh, gave the pillow to a friend of mine because I hated it. Why would you give it to somebody else if it didn't work for you? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, it, maybe it's just my head. I don't know. But I think his pillows suck. But uh, anyway, 
So Wait, well, what's the point behind his pillows, though? Actually, I really want to know. The my, what's the point behind are they, it? Are they he's a snake like, oil salesman. That's what the point is. Are they like he therapeutic or? He's been sued by so many different people with his ads that claim that it cured all these different things. I mean, are you serious? I'm his telling pillow? you. He, it, I'm <laughs> telling you, Mike Lindell <laughs> is the kind of guy that would claim that his his pillows cure cancer. But Stop. He got his an F. Like he got an pillows. F rating from the Better Business Bureau. He lied in his advertisements about the pillows. He's been sued left and right. But he claims it's all George Soros and the liberals. So it gets even better now because I wanted to play you a little bit of uh, audio. And so, as you know, Newsmax is another ridiculous uh, news entity that started with the uh, Dominion nonsense. And they were forced to retract their stuff about Dominion, right? They were forced to retract the Dominion BS. And then recently, Mike Lindell appeared on one of the shows there with two anchors, male and a female. And Mike Lindell had a meltdown. Now, Newsmax has already retracted the, the Dominion stuff, and they don't want another lawsuit, right? They don't want to have to, you know, fit the bill for like $800 Because quite frankly, I'm not even sure they have $8 million on Newsmax, let alone $800 million. They're not mm. the giant that is Fox News. Mm. So listen to this interview where Mike Lindell brings up Dominion, and then the news anchor like kind of freaks out. Oh, we don't want to talk about that. Listen to this. <laughs> What, what happened with your Twitter account and the uh, company page? Well, first, mine was taken down because we have all the election fraud with these Dominion machines. We have 100 percent proof. And then I, when they took it down uh, about my, three weeks my, ago, I, and then I, when I put it back up, my personal, I put it. It was a Mike, uh, my thank you very much. Mike, Mike I, you're talking about machines uh, that, that we at Newsmax have not been able to verify any of uh, those kinds of allegations. We just want to let people know that there's nothing substantive that we seen and let me read you something there while there were some clear evidence of some cases of vote fraud and election irregularities the election results in every state were certified and newsmax accepts the results as legal and final the courts have also supported that view so we wanted to talk to you about canceling culture if you will we don't want to relitigate the the, the uh, allegations that you're making mike because we we understand where you are so let me ask you this. Do you think that this should be temporary because it appears to be permanent? Could you make an argument that it is temporary? What? I am in shambles, Brian. First of all, I have PTSD because this feels so similar to what happened yesterday between us and Laverne Spicer. Yeah. I think Laverne Spicer, the lady we have on yesterday, and Mike Lindell would make a great couple. But hey, Jamie, it gets better. It gets better. So as you can see, the anchor is freaking out. Yep, and trying to hide. <laughs> he's trying to not, he doesn't want Newsmax to be liable again. Right. And he's trying to get Mike Lindell to shut up. And if you listen to that audio, they lowered Mike Lindell's mic. He doesn't stop talking. At all. Because he's a nut. He keeps talking over the anchor yep. when the anchor is actually forced to tell the truth. Imagine that, a right-wing publication like Newsmax forced to be honest and tell the truth. Not because they want to be honest, but because they have to because they don't want to be sued. And this anchor is saying... Mike, stop, stop, stop talking. No, we don't have any evidence to prove what you're saying. And Lindell keeps talking. It gets so bad. A minute later, the anchor actually walks out and storms out in the middle of the interview and leaves this chick standing there. Listen to this. Yes. I want it to be a permanent because you know what? 
They did this because I'm revealing all the evidence on Friday of all the election fraud with these machines. So I'm sorry if you think it's not uh, Mike. Can I ask our producers? Can we uh, get out of here, please? Uh, I I don't want to have to keep going over this. We at Newsmax have not been able to verify any of those allegations. Mike, hold on a second. Everybody hold on a second. Mike, Mike, hold on one second. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about just what is happening. (laughs) So so she changes the subject. Now, I know you can't see this. You guys have to, though. But he gets up. The anchor gets up at a frustration and slams a door or something. I hear him (laughs) hit something. And then she is stuck there with Mike Lindell, and she doesn't even know what to do. By the way, this is Newsmax. If there's anybody that's on the side of Mike Lindell and these right-wing buffoons, it would be Newsmax. And even they're like, oh, my God, this guy's crazy. They're like, we can't deal with this man anymore. (laughs) They're starting to realize a lot of these people, I personally believe that a lot of these people who have money, who believe in their head they have the same power and same say-so as politicians when they don't, and the politicians themselves do all this stuff for shock value because they know this is what gets ratings and this is what gets people to buy their products. And I don't know why people keep falling for this stuff. Yeah, it, 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 it because they're stupid. I mean, yeah. I so this is another interview uh, that Mike Lindell did on um, CNN, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, this guy is making the rounds again. Have a listen to this exchange uh, with Mike Lindell. Have a listen to this. What is this? That's just one piece of 1.2 billion lines of data from the election. Okay, there's within that will be timestamps of when of when it happened. There'll be flips in there. So we sent this to our own experts. Mm-hmm. He said that, that it doesn't show any specific actions of any kind, election related or not, and it's proof of of nothing. Okay, so he said that's nothing, huh? Well, he's wrong. Then you didn't hire a cyber expert. Got him. Means you, I mean, what's up now, bro? You didn't hire someone, did you? We didn't consult just one cyber expert. We consulted nine top election security experts who told us Lindell's screenshots were extremely rudimentary metadata and completely ridiculous. You identified 15 counties where the votes were switched. We contacted all 15 counties, red and blue, red and blue. And we couldn't find a single person that said this is even possible. They say, are you mistaken? They think you're wrong. The bottom line is they have paper ballot backups that prove that they were not. So you guys win, they let you audit there? They let you do a full audit, CNN? You guys did a full audit on 15 counties, huh? You guys did a full audit? No, but the but the my pillow guy knows everything. Yeah. So so basically that's the CNN anchor saying uh nine experts that are not biased. Uh take a look at the data that you gave them and they called it all ridiculous. It doesn't show anything. <laughs> and then Mike Liddell's like, "Oh, well they're all wrong and I'm right." <laughs> I'm right. I don't understand how people are so delusional and will just sit here and say, "You know what? Even though you have the facts, you're still wrong. I'm standing on my point. You actually would look better if you say, you know what? I was wrong. I messed up, y'all. I'm going to hold myself accountable. I'm going to say, you know what? I slipped up. What's amazing to me is. And they would just never do it. We all know that Trump didn't win the 2020 election. But what's amazing to me. But he didn't? Jamie, this is what is amazing. Brian, you sure he didn't? I don't know. Brian, he won the election. How are you going to sit here and tell me that he didn't win the election? You sound like That Mike is Waddell. your president. You sound like Mike Waddell. <laughs> but the amazing thing is, is that let's just say, hypothetically speaking, for a moment, let me uh, entertain these right-wingers for a moment. <laughs> let's just say that Trump did win the 2020, they did, he did win the 2020 election and it was stolen. I think most people would say this would be arguably one of the biggest crimes in the history of this country. So who are the go-to people when we talk about arguably, which didn't happen, but let's just say for a argument's sake, the biggest 
crime, one of the biggest crimes in American history, that the presidential election was stolen. Who are the Republicans' go-to people? Mike Lindell, the My Pillow guy, Rudy Giuliani, and Kerry Lake. These are the people that Republicans rely on for their information. Uh, I'm pretty sure that if this was a crime that did take place, you probably wouldn't go to the My Pillow guy for the answers. <laughs> but it seems like this is the guy that these Republicans go to. Uh, or, or even better, Dinesh D'Souza, the former felon, who the 2000 Mules <laughs> movie, which was a joke, which was debunked in every category, didn't show evidence of one crime that was committed, by the way. He shows all these videos, and I watched the movie, he shows all these videos of these people dropping votes in these drop boxes, and then claims that they did it multiple times, but doesn't show one video of someone doing it more than once. 2,000 mules, Mike Lindell, the drunk, Rudy Giuliani. These are the go-to people that the Republicans have. And who are the people on the right that support this sort of nonsense? The Marjorie Taylor Greens, the Gymnasium Jordans, the DUI Matt Gaetzes, people like that. Uh, you know, these are the people that entertain this sort of nonsense. Right. And of course, people on Newsmax. Listen, there's some things Joe Biden has done I don't like. I wish Joe Biden wouldn't run in 2024. Why don't Republicans focus on things that they would do differently instead of focusing still on the 2020 election, instead of focusing on drag queens reading books to kids and how the trans people are just ruining this country? Why don't you talk about real issues? And why don't you get somebody else in there other than a Ron DeSantis who polling numbers are just awful and a guy like a Donald Trump who's got more legal troubles than, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer had. I mean, why don't Not you Jeffrey Dahmer? Oh, yeah. Why oh. don't why don't you get somebody in there that's younger that knows how to debate, that is not a conspiracy theorist, and then you might win the next presidential election. Because a few weeks ago, I told you that Ron DeSantis would have a really good chance of defeating Joe Biden. Mm. I'm not so sure about that anymore because, you know, I talked to some friends that are really cover this stuff on a daily basis, and they told me, they said, listen, people supported Ron DeSantis months back when they didn't really know him. They knew who he was, but they didn't know him well. And the more they get to know who Ron DeSantis is, the more his poll numbers continue to drop. Donald Trump is destroying Ron DeSantis right now in the polls. Donald Trump's not going to beat Joe Biden. And that's pathetic because I don't think Joe Biden is, the, is, is a great candidate. I really don't. You know, Republicans out there, you can't even defeat Joe Biden. What does that say about you? Maybe you need to stop with the conspiracy theories that Donald Trump won the 2020 election. Maybe you need to stop with the conspiracy theories that January 6th was an inside job infiltrated by George Soros and the Democrats. Maybe you need to stop attacking Dr. Fauci. Maybe you need to talk about real issues facing this country, like, you know what I'm going to say, mm. health care, gun control, gun control, helping the poor, tax, uh, you know, tax breaks for the rich. You want to talk about inflation? Fine. You want to blame the Joe Biden administration? Fine. Give me some of your solutions. Tell me what you would do differently. Right. If Republicans, because I'm an independent, I'm telling you, if I, if I find a Republican that's doing these types of things and talking mm -hmm. about this stuff, I'll probably vote for you. Brian, you, one thing that I've realized the most is that <laughs> you have focused on gun control and healthcare and tax breaks, which I think are very important topics and very impo important issues for us to focus on. However, what I'm realizing is that a lot of these politicians are talking about our education system as well and having trans individuals teaching our kids and indoctrin indoctrinating them. However, I don't hear anybody talking about 
policies that are going to protect our school systems yeah. and help them out and make sure that the teachers are getting paid fairly and make sure that the students have actual resources they need to learn well and to not be distracted. I'm not hearing any policies yeah. about making sure our schools are safe, well, Jamie, making sure our hearing. schools are yeah. stopped with resources. I'm confused. I agree. I agree. So you know what you hear from Republicans when they talk about the school system? Teachers indoctrinating our kids, teachers telling kids to be trans or gay, drag queens, uh, removing books, critical race theory. You don't hear real policies because I'll be honest with you right here in Clark County, the school system here is terrible, right? Mm. Um, but you don't hear from Republicans the deep real issues. Like when you talk about our school system, uh, parenting, right? When you talk about protecting our kids, they want to talk mm. about drag queens and trans, right. transgenders. Yes, I do believe that teachers deserve more money. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of good, skilled teachers out there. And the mm-hmm. attacks on our teachers... You see, they were, they were on strike in California. Yes, I in did. In SoCal, actually. I did. The attacks on our teachers and the average... I, I don't have the information right in front of me. My understanding, the average teacher makes somewhere around 45000 a year. That's despicable. That's actually... Yeah. Dis- not even despicable. That's disgusting. It is a very difficult What can job. you do with that? Well, you know, when you look at the money that some others are getting paid, uh, for example, principals... Or you want you know it's interesting they want all these armed security guards there and they think they're just going to jump out of out of a hot air balloon and come down and, and <laughs> you know that costs money as well we need to start with our teachers and and, and many of these Republicans want to talk about and not trusting our teachers because they teach critical race theory and they're indoctrinating our kids but you know what let's give them an AR fifteen. So we trust I, them with an AR-15, right. but you know we don't trust them with the books they're reading to our kids, and and they're teaching critical race theory, and 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 they're pushing uh, for transgender transgenderism or whatever you would like to call it. It's all nonsense. So Brian, I did just look it up because you guys know I'm on Google. And I'm also commenting with you all live on YouTube at PTO yeah. Radio Show. US USAFacts.org says the average public school teacher salary in the U.S. during the 2021 school year was sixty five thousand and ninety dollars. Um, is that high school or what type of teacher are you looking up there? Because I, uh, I don't believe that the average high school or middle school teacher is making 65,000 no. okay, cool. hours. I don't does, think that's. It does say by level. Um, so yeah. by level. So I'm talking teachers as yep. a whole. This was saying elementary and secondary, but I mean, this is average. That doesn't mean that everybody's getting paid. Yeah, because it's I know. the same. Because I know the average teacher in Clark County is not making 65,000 dollars. Oh, at all. Actually, I, so I actually looked it up because I do have my substitute teacher license and it's around 50,000. They actually have the salary. Salary yeah. on the Clark County School System website. So I can tell you that there are a lot of teachers across the country that are not making $65,000 a year. Yeah. Uh, and by the way, I'm not talking about college. I'm talking and about... And again, this is a fact that I brought up through usafacts.org. Yeah. So, so, so this is something that I made up. So I think that there needs to be a minimum amount of money that uh, teachers what are making. What would you propose? Um, well, first of all, there are some teachers that are making even below $40,000 a year. I was making 32000 when I was a teacher in Atlantic Public exactly. School Systems. So that's my point. Uh, there needs to be a minimum. Uh, just like there's a minimum wage, there needs to be a minimum amount of money that a teacher makes in a school, and I think it mm-hmm. should be 40000 Let's just that's start. That's a minimum? That's the minimum. I, that's way too low. Well, I'm like thinking fifty five is okay, the minimum. But, the, but listen, I, I I hear you, but you have to uh, – you know Republicans are not going to want to pass this. So you're, Republicans. So you're going to have to be <laughs> They're the ones to, who don't want our teachers teaching our kids from certain books. Look, you think I want to hear yeah. what they have to say well, about what they should the, pay our teachers? I understand, but the reason why I say this is you're going to have to you're, you're going to have to negotiate. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what I say there. But um, you know, I, again, I talk about Democrats, Republicans. What do Republicans want? What do Democrats want? And these days, all I hear, for the most part, from Republicans is their obsession with transgenders, mm-hmm. the gay community. Their obsession with their guns, 
All I hear about is how horrible the Joe Biden administration is, and he's a pedophile, and Democrats are pedophiles, right. and they want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. Those are the topics that Republicans spew on a daily basis. What do I hear from Democrats today? And this is why I side with Democrats right now. Democrats talking about unfair tax breaks for the rich, which I agree with. When you're in most states, if you're making $40,000 a year, you're actually paying a higher percentage on taxes than a, mm-hmm. than a CEO of a Fortune 500 company. I hear Democrats talking about, they're talking about, they want to give a woman the right to choose. Doesn't mean they're pro-abortion. They want to give a woman the right to choose. They want to treat people as equals. They want mm-hmm. to help the poor. They want to come up with government programs that will help the poor. They talk about equality. They talk about police brutality. They talk about systemic racism. These are topics that most Americans, I believe, care about. And that is why six out of the last seven presidential elections, a Democrat has won the popular vote. I don't understand why it's so difficult for Republicans to understand this. They talk about topics that only the extreme right want to talk about. That's not how you get votes. Mm -hmm. Example, Donald Trump, we're going to build a wall and Mexico is going to pay for it. He campaigned on that. First of all, the wall was never finished and Mexico never paid for it. Some other little tidbit of fact that Republicans don't like talking about is the fact that the most people in this country that are undocumented are not those that cross the border illegally. Mm -hmm. They're those that overstay their visas. Building a wall will not help that. And most Americans are smart enough to understand that. If you really want to help, let's start with those that overstay their visas. Mm -hmm. And I blame Democrats for that as well. But all I'm saying is Donald Trump ran on the border. He cares about the border. He talked about building a wall. Mexico never paid for it. And a wall is not going to solve all of our problems. We do have issues at the border. Um, but anyway, uh, that's the best way, <laughs> Jamie, in a very long uh, roundabout yeah. way I can answer that question. So here's what we're going to do next, Jamie. Um, another topic that a lot of people on the right bring up, especially when it comes mm. to the Manhattan DA mm-hmm. and the case in Donald Trump, George Soros, mm. the deep state. Have you ever heard, Jamie, do you even know what the deep state is? Because I don't. Do you know what the you deep state is? You don't know state? what the deep state is at What's all? the deep state? I don't. Yeah. Everyone says the deep state, the deep state run by George Soros. And then when I ask Republicans, give me a definition. What's the deep state? Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> what's, the, what's the definition of wokeness? Okay. Uh, so uh. my thing is I thought the deep state had something to do with the South. <laughs> I was no. so confused. But Google says it's a body of people, typically influential members of government agencies, or the military believed to be involved in the secret manipulation or control of government policy. Yeah. What? Yeah. Just like try asking a Republican today what woke means. Give the definition of woke. Yeah. They talk about it all the time. They don't even know what it is. But anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about George Soros coming up next. The lady joining us next, PhD, the author of the book, The Soros Agenda. Rachel Ehrenfeld is going to be joining us next, and she is going to be diving deep into this topic uh and i'm gonna have some questions for her about this because i don't i have a lot of questions yeah for too, yeah it's very interesting because a lot of people on the right think george soros is the devil and, uh, so be- we'll talk about that coming up before next. we actually go on break I, I know we have at least like one more minute left yeah can you explain to the audience who george soros is and what he's done in politics i think there'll be well, i think there'll be a great way to well yeah toss into our next yeah, segment i was gonna do that next but quickly i'll just say yeah. really quickly he is a billionaire funder uh, demo- uh huge the biggest democrat donor within the democrat party and there's quite a few 
few of them, but mm-hmm. he is a, just a big Democrat donor, mm-hmm. uh, survivor of World War II. He's old, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he spends a lot of money in backing Democrats in all sorts of elections. Mm-hmm. That's really the best way to describe who he is. Right. So, well, but he's I, not a politics, right? He's not a politician. And I, the, reason, the reason I ask that is because I know we're yeah. not talking about comments at this yeah. very moment, but a lot of people were wondering, you know, why George Soros? So thank you for clarifying that, clarifying that for him. You got it. For them. Right. And also, people, please stick around because I know when we go on these breaks, you guys leave yeah. our YouTube snap, YouTube live chat. Stay around. All right, so coming up next, uh, uh, the author of The Soros Agenda, Rachel Ehrenfeld, is going to give us some information on this. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. They also offer general wellness exams and treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices. Office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client. So please give them a call, 702-248-0554. What is this? That's just one piece of one. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Do you want to take your business to the next level? Then join one of the fastest growing talk shows pushing the limits. We have a wide range of sales packages that can fit your budget. Anything from on-site live remotes to in-studio interviews, email Jamie. Jamie D at KSHP.com. That's J-A-I-M-E capital D-E-E at KSHP.com.
Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines beware, go bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. All right, welcome back. It is... Pushing the Limits on a Wednesday. So glad that you can join us. Quick program, you know, we got Mac Miller and Tim Treffinger in studio tomorrow. Oh, boy, those are some characters. Tim uh, ran for DA here, and he's going to be running again. He's going to be joining us. Mac Miller's just uh, quite the character. And then we have uh, the seven-footer NBA veteran Paul McKeskey joining us in our number two tomorrow. So as I mentioned earlier, we talk a lot about what the left is saying, what the right is saying. George Soros seems to be a topic of discussion, particularly on the right a lot lately, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, the Manhattan DA and the case that Trump is facing in regards to Stormy Daniels. So I figured, all right, let's, let's, let's try to get some information on what's going on here. The lady we have with us on, on with us right now, she's the author of the book, The Soros Agenda. She's a PhD. She has a lot of knowledge when it comes to George Soros, especially in this book. It's a good read. And Rachel Ehrenfeld joins us right now. Uh, Rachel, I do appreciate you being here. How are you? Hey, Rachel. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I appreciate Um, it. Where are you, by the way? Are you in New York? I'm in Manhattan. Manhattan. Okay, so you know a little little bit about what's going on with uh, Donald Trump and everything. All right. So give us a little bit of background on George Soros first. For people that don't know a lot about George Soros, tell us who he is, what has he done in his career and his life, and, and, and why is it talked about so much? I'll speak very briefly, just the highlights. Uh, you can read all about it in my book, <laughs> in the Soros <laughs> Agenda. Yep. Uh, also on my website, acdemocracy.org. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the director of the organization, acdemocracy.org. There is a lot of material about him. Uh, not only about him. He was born in Budapest in 1930. Uh, he was there during the Nazi occupation of Hungary. Uh, he survived uh, the occupation. He survived the Holocaust as well. He was born into a Jewish family. Uh, but the family was not um, religious, did not observe anything. Actually, they were so secular and not particularly um, engaged in Jewish and uh, Jewish culture or anything. So he said uh, when he was interviewed one time, he said that he actually his mother was actually an anti-Semite. That's what he said, not what mm. I'm saying. Um, anyway, he grew up. He survived the Holocaust. Uh, he had many uh, attacks because supposedly he collaborated, supposedly collaborated with the Nazis. Well, 
He was 14 years old. His father gave him to some in order to uh, survive uh, the, because he was born into a Jewish family. The family was mm-hmm. Jewish. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he's agnostic. Uh, but in order to survive uh, the Nazis, the fa- his father gave uh, arranged for him to be with a friend of a friend, uh, uh, a, a Nazi uh, officer who went around and identified Jewish property for confiscation. So uh, Soros went along with him. And um, he, there is a fa- infamous interview with Soros uh, Croft interviewed him on 60 Minute in 1996, and uh, he was even asked, so don't you regret it? Or, um, you know, uh, he said, no. I said, I, I, I di- if I didn't do it, somebody else would have done it. And uh, he never apologized. It's the fact that he never apologized or said even that he regretted it, that he had, he had to do it or he went along, uh, is not exactly um, uh, in his favor. However, uh, he uh, arrived uh, in the United. He he went to England from Hungary. He uh, studied there. He then was involved in started to work in finances, banking, and he came to the United States uh, in the uh, mid fifties. He worked. He he was uh, quite successful. And, uh, but he really made his, uh, name and his money, uh, when he became known as the man who broke the Bank of England. Right. So, he, uh, yeah. I'm sorry he, to interrupt, Rachel. I appreciate yeah. the background on him. Obviously, you're very educated yeah, when it comes to this yeah. topic, but just for time constraints, let me ask you this. The criticism, and you talk about this in your book, the criticism yeah. you hear a lot from the right is that George Soros, is using his money. It's hurting the country. So I want to ask you this. In your opinion, is George Soros bad for the country? And what are some things that, in your opinion, he has done, if anything, that should be against the law? He, he, he's certainly not good for the country. Mm. Why? Uh, yeah, you can say that he's bad for the country, too. He... When he started his activities here, after he became rich and made sure that he will be famous, because he worked on it, he was very good in marketing, uh, marketing himself. Uh, the first thing that he did was to um, an interesting experiment to see how much, to what extent he can uh, push the Americans to change uh, their perception of what is right and what is wrong. So, uh, drug addiction, uh, using drugs in, in the early nineties was, uh, unthinkable, unacceptable. And he suggested, and he didn't go to Congress to change the drug laws. What he did, he started, um, focusing on California and Arizona, grassroots organizations. He established his own organization and funded, which were at the time small organizations to legalize. He wanted initially to legalize all drugs. But there was a pushback, so he, he moved there and he said, okay, let's legalize what is what he said, medical marijuana. What is medical marijuana? There was no such a thing. You can take the marijuana plant and develop from it uh, all kinds of uh, uh, medicines, which are fantastic, and many have been developed. Right. Uh, but in the, in, in the lab, <laughs> you know, people don't smoke. The uh, Smoking this stuff is not good for your lungs. 
Yep. Uh, it is very bad for your body. Many, many side effects. Yeah. Uh, many terrible effects. Mm-hmm. Anyway, he what he did, he invested a lot in propaganda and listed all kinds of celebrities that were smoking weed yeah. uh, in, in California, in Arizona. Uh, not a big deal at the time. Uh, and that's how we started uh, changing local laws. So do you so, think it's wrong or it's bad for the country that in, in, that marijuana, for the most part, is legal? Do you think that's not yes. a good thing? Yes. How come? Medicine, medicine, medicine developed from marijuana, uh, from cannabis, uh, can be fantastic, but it has to be actually, it has to be experimented with and developed in the lab uh, from the effective ingredients from the cannab- different cannabinoids that are there. But not smoking the weed. It's uh, you know, uh, go out. So what would you say? Because you're a PhD, uh, and I respect yeah. that. What would you say to so many people out there that are suffering from cancer, or chronic headaches, or pain mm-hmm. that tell you they smoke marijuana, and it's completely well, changed their lives? It's helped them dealing with pain. And I understand what you're saying. There are some side effects, and there are some negatives to marijuana. You're absolutely right. But a lot of people that I talk to would also say it's changed their life and it's helped them. Right. Yeah, well, many people have been duped uh, by doping them. When you smoke, I, I didn't, I actually never used marijuana, so mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't know, but I, I have, ex- I have uh, had all kinds of uh, experiments where other people have been using in the lab uh, different kinds, uh, different, uh, uh, different uh, um, right. compounds of the marijuana, etc. Et sure. Uh, it was highly controlled. So mm-hmm. anyway, I understand, know- but I mean, I, I think you get, I think, yeah. you, I think you get what I'm saying as well, and that most medications have some level of side effects. Yeah. And I understand where you're coming from, but let's get off the marijuana topic. Let's get back specifically to George Soros. No, he succeeded. He succeeded as we see today. And why? Why was he so successful? Mm-hmm. Because there is there is a lot of money in it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. So now, but he also claimed that once marijuana will be legal. There will be no black market and, you know, everything yeah. will be fine. So there will be no crime. Uh, people will not try to do anything outside the law. Right. Well, wrong. Uh, but uh, in addition, it is it, it helps uh, or it uh, promotes homelessness, crime. Uh, you think marijuana kind of promotes crime? Uh, marijuana, yes. People... People who uh, uh, people who use uh, heavy users of marijuana are committing crimes too. Yes, absolutely. Hey, uh, and uh, if, if you look at statistics, you will see that many people who were arrested for doing X, Y, or Z mm-hmm. have been high. Mm. Have been using have been using uh, uh, marijuana. So I'm not breaking it up. Rachel, uh, I, I really appreciate your information about marijuana, and I thank you so much for actually diving deep into that. I would love to actually have you on again to have that conversation because I think that's a very important conversation to have. But I do want to kind of pivot back to George Soros because I am very interested to understand after doing some research on your book and you as well, I would like to understand why do you think that he is truly affecting the Democratic Party because he's donating large amounts of money to that party? Well, there are other people who donated more. Are, he's not the wealthiest person in the country. Uh, he's never been. Uh, he has, uh, other people have given huge amounts of money, mm-hmm. uh, and will continue to give. But, uh, what he is more influential than others. Mm-hmm. And what he did, this is why I wrote, uh, the, the Soros agenda, 
because I realized back when he just started here in the United States, uh, in 1996, February 1996, I've written an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal where I said that if unchallenged, Soros will be able to, to change the political landscape of the United States. Yeah. I didn't have a crystal ball. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. I looked at the time, even at the beginning of his activities here, how he was going about changing policies. What, what was mm-hmm. his strategy? So that is very, that, with that, his strategy was different than any, anybody else who is just giving money and say, okay, so here is money to this candidate or the mm-hmm. other candidate or to the party. Um, mm. also after he started with these activities, he, he was uh, among those who initiated the use of, uh, political action committees. Mm-hmm. And, and you can give money to political action committees. I mean, it's limitless. Yeah. Uh, how much money you can give. So then how it is being used is, you know, is, um, as the, any, anybody who's running the party mm-hmm. uh, is interested in. Let me what, ask you this, though, Rachel, because I think this is really important. By the way, if you're just joining us, her name is Rachel Ehrenfeld, her new book, uh, author of The Soros Agenda. So as you're, I think you're aware, the Supreme Court case, Citizens United, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. The right-wingers, let's just be honest, those that are on the right on the Supreme Court are the ones that helped pass that. It was actually the Democrats that said, we don't want people having crazy influence in elections. Uh, you know, we don't want people donating billions and billions of dollars and in influencing elections. It was the Democrats on the Supreme Court that actually were against Citizens United. And yet it was the Republicans on the Supreme Court that helped well, pass that to give somebody like a George Soros the power to do that. So my question to you is, why don't I hear more Republicans that are against people like George Soros talk about the Supreme Court justices that are Republicans that allowed with Citizens United that to happen? Many, uh, not, not, the Supreme Court today is not made of the same, uh, uh, combination that, uh, was at the time. Okay. Uh, but, uh, be it as it may, the fact that the, yeah, the Republicans didn't know, uh, they wanted to do something, they didn't foresee the results. And moreover, they didn't, uh, see, they should have seen because Soros was already active. Uh, uh, but they didn't understand what he was about. Uh, many of them still don't. But weren't the uh, Democrats right he, on the Supreme Court at that time? Weren't they on uh, the right side? I mean, they, they they didn't want this to pass. They didn't want Citizens United to pass. And the Republicans right. were all for it. And it didn't it backfire in so, their face then? So the Republicans, so the Republicans um, made a big mistake. <laughs> okay. Mm. Uh, and, and now, and so it has been costing them some elections and many, right. many candidates. So what's the uh, difference? But what's the difference between like a Sheldon Adelson? And, you know, I bring him up. He passed away. He's, you know, Vegas billionaire. He donated boatloads of money to the Republicans. Uh, I remember even back, you know, Mitt Romney, he, he donated so much money to Republicans. So what's the difference between like a Sheldon Adelson or a billionaire donor to the Republican Party and somebody like George Soros? What's the difference? Sheldon Adelson was very rich and he gave money to uh, the politicians and to the political party that he, um, he liked. Uh, everybody can give money to anybody, right? Uh, yep. If they want to. However, Sheldon Adelson was not an ideologue. Uh, Sheldon Adelson didn't have a political agenda, uh, a strategy of how to change things in the country, okay? So, uh, and Soros does. Soros had written a lot about it. Soros has, uh, his Open Society Foundation, which he, it's, it's very, uh, ironic actually because yeah. 
he does everything in order to close societies and not open them. Uh, his philosophy is kind of a combination, and he, he says that he's a failed philosopher, but he really wanted to be a philosopher. Sure. An acknowledged philosopher. Uh, but I guess, he, let me ask you, uh, sorry to interrupt because we're running out of time here, but I want to ask you, Sheldon yeah. Adelson was a staunch Republican. Yes. I believe, here's where we might disagree. I believe Adelson did have an agenda. He didn't want to tax the rich. He didn't, uh, now he did donate money and, and help the poor in Las Vegas with his schools. He did some charity work and I give him a lot of credit for that. But his agenda were right-wing policies. I look at George Soros and obviously his agenda, which I agree with you on, are left-wing policies. But, oh, wha- but wha- why agenda, can't... Go ahead. Soros' agenda was to change the United States of America. Okay? He spoke against capitalism. He said that before uh, the uh, before the uh, Soviet Union imploded, right. he was for capitalism and democracy. But then he said no. Actually, he was he started to speak against capitalism. Right. He wrote articles. He wrote books about it. Yeah. There are a lot of so, Democrats that uh, feel that way, right? Not only capitalism. He also thinks that the Constitution is is uh, an anarchist. <laughs> uh, think that it's time passed and, and they should actually uh, the um, uh, founding fathers who wrote the, co- yeah. the uh, Constitution, uh, I don't know, 200 some years ago, yep. uh, were, were naive and uh, they didn't understand people. And he, Soros, is more pragmatic he, he, and he, understand human, he understands human nature better than they did. I hear he you. I hear you. But oh, me- he actually he actually suggested he had written how to change the Constitution, too. Right. So he has he has. Very clear agenda. He doesn't believe in sovereignty. He doesn't believe. So that's that's why we have okay. open understood. Border. He has some very strong opinions that would shape the country. Not opinions. He has policies. Well, policies, he policies. He has opinions he on policies. Money, that he had given money to promote people right. who would who would actually implement these policies. Right. No, I understand what you're saying, I, and I don't I don't disagree with you on that at all. I guess my point is: Has George Soros broken the law? Has he done anything wrong as far as the law is concerned? Because when I hear Republicans complaining about George Soros, because they do it a lot, um, has George Soros broken the law? Has he done anything wrong as far as the law is concerned? Not not to my knowledge. Right. Uh, and, and that's important, if, uh, right? That's important because we're not talking yeah, about a you criminal. Can be, you, can be right. very bad, you can be very bad by skirting the law, okay? Sure. Uh, I agree. So the fact, the fact that, uh, you know, the DAs are not implementing the laws. You know, most of them don't break the law. Mm-hmm. Some of them broken the law, but uh, on different issues, they don't implement the laws on the books. So there, there is a, uh, it's a very interesting difference, right? Right. Uh, it's not that he broke the law, but he managed to promote his agenda in a way that nobody else had done. Mm-hmm. So uh, we see all these gender, all these different justice initiatives which the open society is promoting, which is environmental, climate, uh, gender justice, racial justice, uh, you name it, everything, okay? Uh, so uh, why do we have, I don't know, what, six, between six and 10 million illegal migrants? Most of them, we don't know who they are in this country or where they are. Uh, you know, uh, he, he's destroying, actually, when, the, when you don't have borders, you, and you, you don't have actually a nation. The identity of the nation is gone. 
So how did that change uh, under Biden? And weren't we getting a lot of illegals crossing the border and a lot of those overstaying their visas under Republican presidents as well? There were many who uh, who uh, stayed over uh, during the Republicans too. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that. Actually, the only one, the only the last one who did anything about uh, trying to change immigration laws was Bill Clinton in mm-hmm. 1994. I agree. That's it. I agree. Uh, I just I just try to figure out why is that George Soros's fault, right? right. Wouldn't that because be an American Soros, problem? In 1995, after Clinton changed the law, right? Uh, Soros didn't like the new law. Uh, Clinton didn't listen to him very carefully, apparently. Yeah. So he decided he opened actually offices to support uh, to support uh, to give legal support to illegal migrants. Right. I mean, so the whole issue of of supporting illegal migration started started with it, more mostly with him, right? Mm. Uh, and the policies to open the to open the border and to encourage uh, um, Latin Americans and others to come. Uh, to the United States. And in, he started actually with this in, and supported it also in Europe uh, mm-hmm. before he, uh, or during it also uh, his uh, a promotion of this issue here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's part of really destroying the fabric of any nation. You know, mm-hmm. all of a sudden people are, millions of people are coming to a place with, uh, are illiterate, uh, they don't know the culture, they don't know the values. Many of them uh, don't have any skills to work. Uh, it, the economy is burdened. You and I, if we pay taxes, we have to pay for all their expenses. Mm. So this is not good for any country. Rachel, uh, and I'm, I'm very bad to the U.S. Right. So sorry to cut you off, Rachel. I see that we are running out of time, and I want to get you to have this moment to talk about this. I realize that you talk a lot about those who are donating large amounts of money, they have agendas and they're able to deter the mindsets of those in different parties. However, what do you see as a good solution to donating money to be able to push an agenda? I mean, do you think that we should stop being being able to donate money? Do you think there should yeah. be a a, a, a a cap on how much you should donate? What's your solution to this? Well, uh, you know, um, the system is still, uh, America is still running on money, although it is running out of money too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that elections that cost billions of dollars are a complete waste of money. Mm. Um, people, people should be elected because I agree uh, with that. based yeah. on their merits. I agree. Right. Um, so uh, there should be a different system and mm-hmm. um, there should be actually new laws that uh, would limit it. Uh, in England, there was, uh, it's, it's a different system. Right, uh, right. Well, the public, you know, there are some set amount of money that people can mm-hmm. get. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that that probably um, uh, something similar to that would be better here. But I think mm. that the money that is spent on elections sure. here. No, is, listen, Rachel, I'm, uh, I'm with you. Good. I think that there's a lot of money that could be spent on a lot of other things to help people uh, rather than elections. I'm with you 150 percent. Listen, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. The book is called the Soros Agenda. I recommend anybody get it if they want to learn a lot about George Soros. Right. Uh, this is definitely the book to get. And Rachel, I, I really do appreciate your time. Thank you so much Thank for you, joining Rachel. us. I grew up not that far from New York. I know New Yorkers very, very well. And uh, you're welcome to come on, on on the show again anytime. And I appreciate the discussion. Thank you so much. Thank you again. Thank you very much for having me. Appreciate that. That is uh, Rachel Ehrenfeld, again, the author of the book, The Soros Agenda. Mm. And I do appreciate her taking the time to join us. Here's the bottom line. 
Jamie, before we go to break. Let's I always like it. to do Let's this after I have a guest. Very nice lady, very intelligent, very mm-hmm. well spoken, mm-hmm. knows a lot about George Soros. But here's the bottom line. You notice how I brought this up in the interview because yeah. I did my homework too. Yeah. If Citizens United was not passed by the Republicans in the Supreme Court, George Soros would not be able to be doing the things he's doing. This is the the fault of Republicans. Mm -hmm. Why do I say that? Because the Democrats that were on the Supreme Court Mm -hmm. did not want this to pass. Can you repeat this again? This is important. Repeat it again. If Republicans didn't do what? Repeat it one more time. If Republicans didn't help Supreme Court justices that were on the Supreme Court at the time Mm -hmm. didn't pass something called Citizens United. By the way, the Democrats on the Supreme Court at that time Mm -hmm. did not want this to pass. They didn't want people having crazy influence in elections, Mm -hmm. billionaires doting all this money. Mm -hmm. It was the Republicans on the Supreme Court that passes. And Mm -hmm. she admitted that to her credit. And that's why we have, if if you're a Republican and you want to blame George Soros for all your problems, blame the Supreme Court justices that are Republicans Mm -hmm. that passed Citizens United. And yep. she also said, this is the most important other point. Okay. George Soros has not broken any laws. Nothing. So you can all. complain about George Soros until the cows come home. Right. He hasn't broken any laws. And the reason why he's allowed to do what he does, which so many of you Republicans complain about, is because of those Republican justices that were appointed by Republican presidents. Mm-hmm. So go ahead and blame them. This isn't the fault of liberals. This isn't the fault of Democrats. It's the fault of, yeah, I'm going to say it. Right-wing buffoons that are Supreme Court (laughs) justices. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, ladies and gentlemen, I have an update on the Henry Rugg situation. He's Mm -hmm. the man who used to play for the Raiders, who unfortunately killed a young 23-year-old lady by the name of Tina Tinter going 156 miles an hour into 35 drunk. I have an update on that and then another tragic DUI story. And then the reason why we're talking about this, Jamie, and you brought up this other story, which we're going to talk about. Yeah. I want laws to change in this country when it comes to DUI. We're, both. we're going to talk about that coming up in hour number two. We're also going to talk about a tragic story mm-hmm. on an abortion ban in Florida and what one woman had to go through. You're not going to believe it. That's why this is bad, in my opinion. We're also going to give you an update on Jamie Foxx. Uh, this is a really weird situation. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're gonna and I, ta- know him. I know him, so I, I feel yeah. really bad about this. Yeah, so we're going to talk about that when we come back. My thanks to Rachel Ehrenfeld for joining us. Take a quick break. Be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on 107.1 FM. It's always fun to say that. 1400 AM. KSHP. Yes, sir. When you bring your vehicle to Star Auto Care for Maintenance, you'll have a team of professionals at your service. Every one of our technicians has been factory trained and master status certified to ensure that you receive the highest quality and most effective service. Star Auto Care is located at 3540 East Tropicana Avenue, just east of Pecos. Star Auto Care is confident in their prices and will match any mechanic located within 20 miles. Bring your vehicle in today and let Star Auto Care give you the peace of mind you deserve when you service your car. Visit them online at starautocare.us. Is this my song, Brian? <laughs> Welcome back. Yeah. It is Pushing the Limits. Welcome back on a Wednesday. So glad you could join us. Mm-hmm. By the way, mm-hmm. we have some very special guests. They're going to be joining us in studio uh, the remainder of the week. We got uh, Tim Treffinger, attorney at law, who uh, probably, I-, I think, is going to be our next DA. He's going to be joining us with a very... Uh, Controversial figure, poli- uh, politician, uh, attorney, Mac Miller, 
I don't know if he'll be bringing his cane or not, but he'll be joining us in studio tomorrow. The seven-footer Paul McKeskey, NBA veteran, to talk a little NBA hoops on Thursday. Uh, J.J. Snyder will be joining us on Friday from Morning Blend and other very, very special guests. I heard we're going to get Adam Carolla next week. I well, just that sounds lit. Us. That's kind of uh, that's kind of cool. Uh, Adam Carolla, big righty, so we might get into it a little bit. But Can I, I ask you a question, Chef? Uh, no, I'm not a virgin. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. All right, go ahead. How did you get through that while seeing that through the through, through side eyes? He was ignoring me. He no, wasn't paying attention to me at I, all. I focus. I'm a focuser, man. No, he's not. Why? What was? How he are you a focuser? Oh, my, hold, you want to see what he was doing? What was <laughs> hey, wow. Hey, yeah. Hey. Okay. Hey. Get it. Get it. Get it. Get it. Okay. <laughs> Y'all can see me right. at Sapphire I'm, Pool and Day Club I'm turning gonna, up. I'm, I'm excited gonna, for I'm gonna, Friday. I'm going to pretend I didn't see that. Uh, <laughs> Brian, you need to live life a little bit more, okay, man? Jeez. <laughs> well, I mean, I, you know, uh, not really my kind of music. but uh, You said that about Sapphire, and that was a blast. Sapphire was fun. Watching that music you, was a blast. Sapphire is a lot of fun. Seeing you dance to that music, not much fun for me. <laughs> That's not fun. Well, I'm sure our audience would love it, okay. so make sure to come right. check us yes, out. Yes, please check us out at Sapphire. We're going to be there next Friday, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. DJ Ashby, I heard, might be stopping by from Guns N' Roses. So that's going to be a lot of fun. All right. So, you know, I talked about what is a very difficult subject to talk about yesterday, and that's mm. DUI deaths, right? And Henry Ruggs, if you don't know who he is, former Las Vegas Raider, he was a young and up-and-coming star in the NFL. But I choose to say the name Tina Tintor a lot more because that's the yeah. 23-year-old innocent woman and her dog uh, that Henry Ruggs killed. I, mm-hmm. I call it murder. People want to call it involuntary manslaughter or whatever they want to call it, the legal terminology. You can go ahead and do that, but let me be very, very clear. When you are driving 156 miles per hour in a 35-mile-an-hour zone, which in my estimation is well over 100 miles an hour over the speed limit, and you're drunk, you are playing Russian roulette with society. Yep. And that is exactly what Henry Ruggs did. He played Russian roulette with society, and he killed a young, poor, innocent woman, and I was talking to her uncle on yeah. social media a little bit yesterday. He's so upset and frustrated. He's on my side. Of course, the family's mm-hmm. on my side. And, and my opinion is a three-year, because that's what, it, it's three to ten, but let's be honest. Henry yeah. Ruggs is going to get three years on good behavior. He's going to be yep. out in three years. Good behavior. Now, he probably won't be a professional football player, but he's still not going to be even the age of 30. He will have his whole life ahead of him. Yep. Tina Tinter is six feet underneath the ground. She's dead. Mm. Um. So I have a serious problem with this plea deal, and I don't know who was involved here, and I won't mm-hmm. say which family member. I talked to a few family members, Tina Tinter. Mm-hmm. One of them said that, you know, the DA is corrupt. Um, I don't know. I can't speak to that. I understand why the family. You think they paid upset. him off? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just saying, I'm just telling you what the family said to me, and they're very mm. disgruntled members, some members of, of the Tina Tintor family. I got to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, there's something wrong with us as a society. Mm. When you can get into a car, Drunk off your ass. Mm. That's bad enough. Mm-hmm. And then you decide to go 156 miles per hour as Henry Ruggs drove a you know a, a race car, pretty much, on a 35 mile an hour zone in the middle of the night, and kill an innocent woman. And let me be very clear because this is important. She didn't die immediately, right? This, and I'm sorry uh, if I'm going to be a little graphic here. This makes my heart hurt so I'm, bad. I, I'm sorry if I'm going to be a little graphic here, but it's important to the story. She died burning alive in a trapped car. I'm not sure there is any worse way to die than that. Mm. And in the videos that I saw, innocent bystanders that were on the side of the road, you heard her screaming for her life. Yeah. And nobody. It was hard to watch and listen to. Nobody could do anything about it. 
And now we are telling, because that's what the justice system does, right? They're saying, if you do this, you're going to be punished this way. Our justice system is telling us that if you get into a car and go 156 miles an hour and you're drunk and you kill somebody, not only are you going to get a second chance, right? three years you're going to get a second chance. And I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, but that is despicable and that is wrong. And I am so angered by this story as I've been since day one when I heard about it. And Henry Ruggs is a, is a criminal. As far as I'm concerned, if you're a friend of Henry mm-hmm. Ruggs and you want to say what a nice person he is, you go ahead and do that. But I think he is a moron. He right. is a criminal. He is a killer. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to hear about excuses. Oh, he was such a great guy and he did this and this. He killed an innocent woman and he should be in jail a minimum of a decade. He should have no chance of ever playing in the NFL again. And he should have no chance of getting out of jail until he's at least 40. That is my yeah. personal opinion on this. Yeah. Every DUI case is different, mm-hmm. Jamie, right? Yeah. Uh, you could be a hair over the legal limit, right? And you could right. be going the speed limit and kill somebody. That's still horrible. Yeah. You still should go to jail, yeah. but a different circumstance, right? Right. I agree. This is 156 miles an hour, and yeah. he was clearly drunk. Yeah. Every DUI case is different. But I'm going to tell you, man, if you're drunk or any of the evidence that was in this Henry Ruggs case, right. minimum, you should be getting 10 years in jail. Fact. I'm so angry, Jamie. The biggest thing that bothers me the most is that if this was either one of us we said this yesterday we have we would have gotten such a harsher penalty but because this person has money because he has a name because he has the lawyers behind him he's going to be be able to get away with this out of for three years like three years yeah this lady died a slow burning death i wouldn't even want to imagine yeah that's just horrible it's a terrible situation and it's a problem in our society um and, you know, there are some people on social media that are saying rugs lives rent free in my head. Obviously, they don't know what they're talking about because the reason why we're talking about rugs, it was just yesterday that we learned that he was going to be entering a plea deal. I haven't talked about rugs since, for the most part, since the accident happened. So people that say that have no idea what they're talking about. Um, but, uh, hey, Brian, it's not about, I just wanted to say, uh, you know what lives in my head? Innocent people dying. It mm-hmm. could be DUI, it could be murder, and I want people held to account. So you know what lives in my head? I'm talking about the innocent people out there that are killed by drunk drivers, and I wanted to play a story for you, Jamie, if I may. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have something you wanted to Yeah, so we, we actually do have a lot of live commenters. Again, for everybody who's j- just now tuning in, my name is Jamie D, and I'm responding to you all live on Instagram Live and YouTube Live at PTL Radio Show. And we have a few people who want to call in who actually may not agree with us. Sure. Right? So I'm going to give out the number right now. If you disagree with me and you think a three-year sentence, which I think that's what Henry Ruggs is going to spend. It was three to ten. He's going to be out in three years. If you think a three-year prison term is appropriate for somebody going 156 miles an hour drunk, killing an innocent person, then give me... If you disagree with me, I'll open up the phone lines right now. 702 702- Two two one seven two eight three, and again that number to call if you want to be a part of the conversation. Seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three is the number to call, and I will gladly take your phone call if you disagree with me on this. Uh, before we take some calls, I want to play you of another tragic story of a woman that lost her life the day she was married to a drunk mm-hmm. driver. Okay, have a listen to this story, and then we'll take some phone calls. I've never seen the light in her eyes shine as bright as that day. April 28th, Samantha Miller and Eric Hutchinson vowed to spend the rest of their lives together. It was the best day of her life. A beach ceremony, dancing and drinks to follow. Announced a surprise dance for the most important person in Sam's life, which was me, and we danced to Bruno Mars. Just the way you are. That's our song. The happy couple left the reception under a canopy of sparklers. On their 
the beginning cart. of the golf cart ride. She said, I wish this night could go on forever. The best night of her life. Sam and Eric were two blocks away from their home when their low-speed vehicle was hit. I got in our pajamas, sitting on the balcony of, beside Bert's at our place where we're staying and started to hear the sirens. And the sirens kept going. They texted Sam but got no response. And we just got out of the truck and just running. No nine, shoes. Screaming, Sam, Sam. A real life nightmare. Caution tape, so many lights. Yeah. It was dark, but there's so many lights. Sam. According to Folly Beach Public Safety, 25-year-old Jamie Lee Komoroski hit the LSV. She's charged with three counts of felony DUI, resulting in great bodily harm or death, and one count of reckless homicide. She literally... I got to tell you, uh, my heart goes out to that family. Here's a woman. It was probably going to be the most enjoyable... Uh, and, and it probably was. The, the, it was supposed to be the best yeah. day of her life. Uh, she just got married, and then she's killed by a drunk driver. Yeah. I mean, what do you think? Three years is enough? Absolutely I mean, not. Is- a lot of women look forward to this day. I mean, there's men who look forward to it as well, but we know there's more women who look forward to their marriage, their their, their wedding day, than men do. And to, to know that you literally, even as the husband himself, just got married to the love of your life, and she was taken away from you at that moment. That's just oh, that's I, horrible. The yeah. word the word can't even be used as tragic. It's something yeah. even worse than it, that. This is a huge problem we've had in this country for a long time. And by the way, I am not advocating for abolishing alcohol. I'm not one of those people, but I will say this: mm-hmm. there needs to be mandatory prison terms if you just get a DUI. Mm. I'm not talking about a year. Put mm. somebody in jail for a month. If you get caught with a DUI and you're prosecuted and the evidence is overwhelming that you are over the legal limit, even if you don't hurt anybody, you should lose your license for at least a year. That should be Mm. mandatory. Obviously, Henry Rugg should never be allowed to drive a car again. I would also put that in place. If you're in a DUI... You you believe they should never drive a car again? Never, never again. If you kill somebody, driving a car is a privilege. Mm. And I'm not talking about an innocent accident where you lose control of the vehicle and somebody dies and, you know, not because you were speeding. I'm talking about a DUI. Mm-hmm. When you are drunk and you kill somebody, absolutely, you should lose mm. that privilege. You'd never be able to drive a car again. I mm. would also say a couple times if you get a DUI, let's say three times, you shouldn't be allowed to drive a car again. Here's what I would do. One DUI, you get one month in jail and you lose your license for a year. And by the way, I'm not even talking about hurting somebody or killing somebody. Two DUIs. You get a three-month prison sentence, and you lose your license for two months. Third strike, if you get caught with a DUI, Mm -hmm. and it's your third time, and again, you're not killing anybody or hurting anybody, you don't even get into a car accident. Third time you get a DUI, you have lost your privilege to drive a motor vehicle. You are done, because clearly you haven't learned your lesson, and eventually you probably are going to kill somebody, if not yourself. So, Brian, I have something that I want to update you with, but say this one more time. You said the first time, 10 years, second time what? No. I said the, the uh, I'm not talking about um, injuring or killing somebody. Yes. I'm saying if you just get pulled over for a DUI, uh-huh. you should lose your license mm-hmm. uh, for a year. Okay. And you should get one month in jail. Okay. Second time, uh, lose your license for three months. Okay. Uh, you know, get get three months in jail. Third time, if you get a DUI, clearly you haven't learned your lesson. Third time, that's it. You're done. You so, cannot drive a motor vehicle ever again for the rest of your life. Right. I'm about to blow your mind with this uh, story update. I actually sent it to you a few days ago, but I know we've all been really busy. <laughs> However, a North Texas man was given the sentence for of life for his ninth DUI. Yeah. 
It took nine DUIs. Which is absurd. Nine. Yeah, That's absurd. ridiculous. How many times do you need to get into a car drunk and kill somebody for our justice system and the laws to say, that's it, you're done. Now, I don't know how many people that man hurt or killed, but I can tell you that if you don't learn your lesson by the second time and then you get a DUI for the third time, that's it. You're done. Now, if you hurt or kill somebody and you're drunk, I don't think you should ever be allowed to drive again. That's my personal opinion. Mm -hmm. You know, Henry Rugg should never be allowed to drive a vehicle ever again for the rest of his life. Uh, okay, so I'm going to give out the number again. If you would like to be a part of this conversation, I want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Agree or disagree with me. We're particularly talking about DUI deaths and Henry Ruggs, who got three to 10 years in jail, which means he'll probably be out in three years. Uh, I have a problem with that. Number to call 702-221-7283. And again, that number, if you want to be a part of the conversation, 702-221-7283. Let's go to Cyrus, who is first up. Hello, Cyrus. What's up, Cyrus? Hey, how's it going? I hope you can hear me. Yeah, yes, sir. Go right ahead. Uh, well, first, I'd like to say that uh, the DUI problem can be solved. You know, part of it is not just the driver. It's the way our cities are built, the way the traffic is flown. I think that if we had more roundabouts and other things, it, things would have been a lot safer. Uh, but I just wanted to bring an off-topic question, uh, if that's Okay. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, what's the question? So you realize, if you don't mind me talking about the elections, uh, you realize uh, part of the reason why a small minority of people support Trump because they are concerned about demographic change? Oh, I'm sure Mm, that's the case. Yeah, I'm sure. Okay, so right now, like here in Las Vegas, it's 40% non-Hispanic white. That's like it used to be 70% in 1990. Uh, and there's, you know, there's, we're just wondering, okay, well, where's that number going to go? Is it going to go to zero? Should we be concerned about it? I mean, what do you think? I mean, is, let me just say this. There is a percentage of Donald Trump's base and there's a percentage of the MAGA base that are white, mm-hmm. predominantly mm-hmm. white. Mm-hmm. And those people feel threatened by minorities coming into this country. I'm not talking about all Trump supporters. And I'm not talking about all Republicans, but there is a percentage of Donald Trump's base and the far right that are Mm -hmm. white and they want to be they don't want to be the minority and they are afraid. And they think that, uh, you know, the other minorities uh, one day they're going to be the minorities and they feel threatened by that. There is no question. Okay, and I get that. So in 2070 in Las Vegas, uh, I should not be concerned about whatever outcome it's going to be like. So zero percent, twenty percent. Let me let me actually jump into this conversation as an African American man myself. White people will never be at zero. <laughs> the demographic for white people will never be at zero. You might you you may see that you all may become a minority in the in the near future, but you will all not lose power. You will all not lose influence, and it will honestly probably not change your life as much as you think it is as long as you guys are in power i think what people are not realizing is that republicans are trying to fight to keep their agenda alive and when you're trying to keep your agenda alive and you're pushing your demographic and you're trying to push a negative ideal behind your demographic that's going to make my other minorities want to push you out i think we need to start thinking about working together because at the at 
when you look at the very small, minute point of this all, we're all still people, right? If you take it all the right way down, yeah. we're still people, whether we're black, white, Hispanic, whatever that may look like. And we, a lot of us have the same opinions. We're just afraid to say it. So if we take away all this race theory and race conversation when it comes to politics and just think about the fact that we're all people who just want to be treated fairly. We yeah. want to be able to walk into grocery yeah. stores and feel safe. We want to be able to vote and not feel like yeah. our votes being miscounted and we want to make sure that we're being heard so yeah. i understand as a minority myself we are african-american people have been pushed down so far on the totem pole and we have been mistreated horribly but even if caucasian people become the minority you're, you're still never going to experience yeah. what we have experienced as current minorities let me and i appreciate the call uh, cyrus thank you very much to what jamie's talking about it's a perfect segue to what is a very tragic story but the way certain members of the media handle it example we know about this man who was undocumented, who had been deported several times, who comes into this country and he kills five people. Mm. Notice how I didn't say five illegals, because number one, it's not true. And number two, Governor Abbott likes to focus on that. Five innocent human beings were murdered. Now, if you watch right-wing publications like a Fox News, mm. they were salivating over this. Why? Because it's an opportunity for them to attack somebody who is undocumented or illegal. Listen, this person is scum of the earth, a murderer. I hope they've given the electric chair for, for, for crying out loud. But when you hear of a white supremacist, let me give you a perfect example of what I'm talking about. This story has been the lead story on Fox News for days now, right? There was a white supremacist that killed a bunch of brown people in Texas, El Paso, if you remember, in a Walmart. Now, Fox News had to cover it that day, the day it happened, right? Because it's a mass shooting. Didn't hear about it days later. Story was over. This is a story that Sean Hannity is leading with. Now, why would they do that? CNN's covering this story. They should. I'm glad they caught him. But Fox News' Laura Ingram did two hours straight on just this story. Why? It's an opportunity for Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity to attack mm -hmm. people who are undocumented, not yep. just this evil murderer, but to paint the picture that illegal immigrants coming into this country are, are going to all thing. kill you. Now, yep. this is a... Horrendous, or take your jobs. Exactly. This is a horrendous story. I am not, no mistake about yeah, it. You're, five, not you're not discrediting it. Five innocent people were killed, including a child. And by the way, Governor Abhol, as I like to call him, puts out a statement and makes it a point to say five illegals. Now he what? had to, yeah, because he's an idiot. Why would you ever say that? Because he's a racist. That's why. And he you had moron. to retract that because at least one person was legal in this country. Gosh. So, but he likes to focus on that. Even, even, even if one person, even if nobody was legal, that is not the point of this topic. Now, I will say this: somebody that is deported multiple times should not be in this country. No, they shouldn't. That was a horrible mistake, and it shouldn't happen. But here's a stat for you that Republicans like Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram will never give you. It's called a fact. Per capita in this country, if we're comparing legal citizens mm -hmm. to those that are illegal, mm -hmm. you have a better chance in this country to be a victim of a crime from somebody that is an American citizen. Yep. If you don't believe me, you can look that up and, yourself. And what's, that, what's that demographic? Well, there is no demographic. It's just American citizen versus someone who's undocumented. There's no mm. demographic. So the point I'm trying to make is Sean Handy and Laura Ingram. Well, I was talking because this is considered a mass. Do you consider this a mass shooting? Uh, if it's more than several people, yes, it so is. So this is considered a mass yes, shooting. Yes, it is. Absolutely. And so I was going to go back to that point and ask when we're talking, I thought you were talking about mass shootings, not just shooting I'm in just general. I'm just talking about being so the victim of a crime. Let's, let's yep. talk to, let's talk about yep. mass shootings though, because that's on this topic. Who commits more mass shootings in America? 
So wait, real quick, answer the demographic and also answer, are they legal or are they illegal? So it depends on how many people you are talking about. If mm -hmm. you're talking about one or two people mm -hmm. um, per capita, if you're black, mm -hmm. you're committing more crimes with guns than, than if you're another demographic in this mm -hmm. country. However, mm -hmm. the caveat to that is this. If we're talking about more than five people, mm -hmm. more than 10 people, mm -hmm. more than 20 people, which sadly has happened in this mm -hmm. country. Mass shootings. The demo uh, of more than 10 people, mm -hmm. uh, you, would, you, you are going to be a white male. Mm -hmm. And the age seems to be dropping younger and younger mm -hmm. and younger. Um, so I try, not to I try not to focus on race. Mm -hmm. I try not to focus on illegal or U.S. citizen. The reason why I'm bringing this up when it comes to victims of crimes is because, again, if you watch Fox News today, if you watched it yesterday, if you watched it the day before, mm -hmm. they are painting the picture that all these people that are undocumented that are coming in this country right. are going to rape your wife, are right. going to rape your kids, and are going right. to kill your family. Sadly, this story is terrible and it's horrible, mm -hmm. but they paint the picture that all these people that are... Un Let me be very clear. The overwhelming majority of those that are undocumented in this country are not committing heinous crimes. Yes, some they came into this country not legally, mm -hmm. but they want a better life for themselves. Mm -hmm. They want a better life for their families. Mm -hmm. They work hard. Yes, I understand. And they take most of the jobs that we don't take as the common people who live in America. Correct. And that's, that's the next thing. I agree. That's the next thing that I was going to say. Yes, some of them don't pay their taxes, and I wish they did. And we need to come together and try to figure out resolutions and a pathway to citizenship. And I'm okay with securing our border and doing a better job in securing our border. But let's talk about those that overstay their visas as well. I think those are all very fair conversations. Yes, it is a crisis at the border. But again, I say this again. Republicans don't have answers. Building a wall is not going to change anything. And I'm not sure building a wall would have stopped this person from coming into this country uh -oh. illegally uh, multiple times. Right. It's a terrible story. My thoughts go out to the family uh, yes. uh, of these victims uh, and a child. This is a horrible story. Mm -hmm. And I hope this person gets the death penalty. Let me be very clear on that. But the but again, if you watch Laura Ingram and Sean Hannity and Fox Noise, they will tell you <laughs> Fox Noise. Well, that's what they they that's what I say. They they will tell Fox you <laughs> they will tell you that um. they will lead you to believe that just like Donald Trump, remember when he said these Mexicans, they're rapists, they're bad people, and I suppose some of them are good people. No, Mr. President, it's the opposite. The overwhelming majority of these people that are undocumented are good people. A small minority of them are bad people, rapists or, or what have you. That is a lie, and that is a lie being put forth by the right. I am not saying I don't want the border to be secure. I do. I like the fact that Joe Biden deployed 1,500 troops to help at the border. It probably should have happened a long time ago, but I agree. This is a this is an issue and this is a serious issue, but we can have both conversations. How do we secure our border and mm -hmm. do a better job? But how do we also let people know that the, that those that are undocumented in this country, for the most part, are not bad people? This one animal was a a horrible person, a murderer. Mm -hmm. Despicable, and, and, it, and it frustrates me. Evil. Of course, he's evil, and it frustrates me. But. Is every undocumented person in this country evil? Of course not. If you listen to right-wing media, mm. they will lead you to believe that. I am so mm. glad they caught this animal. I really Now, am. my question to you is, even though we want to stick on the topic at hand is, let's secure our borders. Let's make sure that people don't have these assault rifles. Let's make sure people aren't committing these mass crimes. The, 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 the topic also still has to be, how did this man get back into America more than five times? 
Well, that's an issue that has to be addressed. And, and how, how, but how do we have that conversation without trying to blur the lines that, mm-hmm. see, this is what happens when people get into our border. This yeah. is why we shouldn't allow any DACA students. This is why we shouldn't allow anybody who comes here to stay and have a better life for themselves. It's kind of like you're diluting the conversation. Let's talk about yeah. the problem at hand. Well, here's the thing, right? Um, the border is important. We want border security. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I repeat this again. If you really want to get down to business, the overwhelming majority of those that are undocumented in this country are not those that cross the border illegally. Plenty mm-hmm. of them are, but mm-hmm. it's those that overstay their visas. I have mm-hmm. a solution because unlike many Republicans today that want to bitch and complain, they don't have mm-hmm. solutions to any of the problems facing this country, mm-hmm. like border security, uh, like gun violence, like health care. They have no solutions. They just bitch and complain. Um, I have some solutions. Not saying I'm going to be right on anything, but I believe if you are on a visa... And I know some people are not going to like what I have to say, but this is something that I think would help. It would cost mm-hmm. money, but it would also save the country money because I would imagine a lot of these people are not paying taxes. Give them an ankle bracelet. You're not a criminal. We need to know where you are. Undocumented. So that, so that no, those that are on visas. Mm. Why do so they that do? when you come into this country, we know where you are so that if you overstay your visa, we can find you and we can deport you. Okay. When you overstay your well, well, ankle bracelet. Well, how do you that's, deal? How do you deal? How do you deal with uh, all? Well, then how do you deal with it then? What are your solutions? Because, because, I, I, okay, first of all, let's take a step back and let's dissect this. You want to give somebody an ankle bracelet to mm-hmm. be able to track their every move. That move, that is uncomfortable. It's not about, that is unrealistic. And no. I, I mean, it's, I, I understand, I see what you're trying to get at, but how would you feel if you had an ankle bracelet okay. on you? On your, I'll answer on, that on question. You for every move. I'll answer that question. Ew. So I'll answer that question. Here's how I would feel. I am so happy that I am in the United States of America. I'm going to make a better life life for myself and my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to abide by the laws of this country, and I am going to leave when I have to leave. So the ankle bracelet is not going to bother me. And I also understand that there are a lot of people that come into this country and overstay their visas. They take advantage of us. So Brian, and, I th- and, I think... and this is a this is a resolution to uh, what would save this country so, a lot of money. Brian. I hear what you're, I hear what you're saying, and I do agree that a lot of people who are just trying to find a better life for themselves and trying to make a better life for themselves will do whatever they need to do to make sure they can achieve that. However, let me ask you this: When we see ankle bracelets on individuals, what do we automatically think? Well, I don't assume that they're a criminal. Uh, I, uh, treat, uh, 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 I, I don't do that. You don't do that. But what do, what do, what do people think? I can't speak for everybody. You can't. Else. You I mean, usually do. But uh, I, okay. So if you're no, speaking, if you're speak speaking for, for yourself, that's, yeah, you I speak don't for speak. other people as well. No, but, I, I mean, try and, not to do and, that. I mean, you try not to, but you do. So um, and it's not, a, not 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 a disrespectful comment. I'm just trying to get you to understand that majority of people are not going to look at an ankle bracelet, especially on a Hispanic okay. person or a black person, or somebody who doesn't look like. A white person, they're not going to think, hmm, that person okay, is so safe. Here's the deal. That person is like, okay. If you don't like that solution, then my question to you would be, what do we do with all those that overstay their visas then? Because they're the overwhelming majority of those that are illegal mm-hmm. in this country. Then mm-hmm. what do we do? What's your solution? That's a great question. Honestly, I would love to actually come back and talk about this. I would obviously need more of a time to think yeah. about that than right now. I've been talking but, about this for a long right, time. Right, and I haven't. But and here's an ankle bracelet, I couldn't agree with here's you. That. I'm I, sorry. Okay, well, you got to come up with other solutions, and I think that's the best yeah. solution. And here's what I, I would take say. A step to, back and do that here's what I would say to all the Republicans out there. They complain about those that are crossing the border illegally and they want to talk about all the uh, undocumented immigrants in this country that are crossing the border you'll never hear them talk about those that overstay their visas you'll never hear donald trump talk about that you know what democrats aren't talking about it either joe mm-hmm. biden's not talking about it the the overwhelming majority of people that are in this country illegally are those that overstay their visas mm-hmm. a wall is not going to help that mm-hmm. address the issue first 
the big issue. Yes, border security is a problem. I agree. Let's take care of those that are in this country illegally that mm. overstay their visas. I'm not saying these are all bad people, mm. but they are taking advantage of us. So that needs to be addressed first, in my opinion, before our border wall or border wall or more border security. I think we can do both. But this is not a Democrat problem. This is not a Republican problem. This is an American problem. And it's been a problem for decades and decades. And if you listen to Republicans today, they'll lead you to believe that Donald Trump was a savior and he did such a wonderful job when it came to border security. And the only reason why we have illegals in this country is because of the Joe Biden administration. And that is not true. This has been happening for a very, very long time. And it's going to continue to happen until Republicans and Democrats can get together and come up with reasonable solutions. Same thing with gun control, same thing with health care, and many of the other issues that are facing this country. I want to tell you guys quickly before we go to break about my good friends at Sahara West Urgent and Primary Care. They are located at uh, Sahara. Uh, Sah- by the way, speaking of uh, health care, uh, illegals in this country are costing taxpayers more money with the health care that they receive because they don't have insurance. Mm. I just thought I would throw that in there. You see, I think that I'm a radio pro. Mm. Anyway, Sarah West Surgeon Primary Care, they're located at 6125 West Sarah Avenue. I was in and out of there in 20 minutes. Even if you don't have insurance, it's only a $95 payment. You can't ask for a better place uh, to get help when you need it. Um, so give them a call. 702-248-0554 and you can also visit them online at saharawesturgentcare.com uh, I'm telling you right now, Jessica and Andrew are one Wonderful people, and they will take care of you. All right, another big topic, Jamie, mm. that we've talked about on this show before is the abortion topic. Mm. You are not going to believe, or maybe you will. It's a story that Jamie gave me yesterday. I'm like, wow, I can't believe this. Of a woman and her trials and tribulations of what she's had to go through as a pregnant woman uh, in the state of Florida. And uh, yeah, Ron DeSantis has a little something to do with this story. We'll talk about that when we come back. And uh, I do want to get into Jamie Foxx as well. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. He's Jamie D. I'm Brian Shapiro. You're listening to 107.1 FM, 1400 AM KSHP. Hey, everybody. Are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super hero, that is, because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. Hey, everybody, it's Brian Shapiro from Pushing the Limits. I want to tell you guys about Sahara West Urgent Care and Wellness. They're conveniently located on the southwest corner of Sahara and Jones. They're open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. At Sahara West Urgent Care, they'll take care of all your health care needs. They offer routine services such as physicals, STD testing, car accident treatment and work injuries. You name it, they do it. They have on-site x-ray, EKG, ultrasound, and labs. They treat chronic conditions such as asthma, blood pressure, diabetes, and more. 
They also offer general wellness exams, treatments such as testosterone enhancement and cancer screening. They're located on Sahara, 6125 West Sahara Avenue. Their number is 702-248-0554. And the best part, they accept most major insurances and affordable cash pay prices, office visits starting at just $95. And I'm also a client, so please give them a call, 702-248-0554. Whether you're a corporate executive, on a family vacation, or just passing through, St. George Inn & Suites will meet your specific needs. It's conveniently located near restaurants, shopping, and movie theaters. St. George Inn & Suites offers a variety of room types, two fabulous pools and jacuzzis, a fitness center, a free full hot buffet breakfast, and laundry facilities. To make your booking, call 435-673-6661 or book online at stgeorgeinnhotel.com. You need to stop in Southern Utah? Make that stop at St. George Inn & Suites. Buying or selling a home is a huge life event that requires guidance from an expert in the industry and community. My name is Blake Wynn. You may recognize my name as my grandfather was the best governor the state of Nevada has ever had. Growing up in Las Vegas, I've come to know this community intricately. Now, I am raising a family here as well. So I understand all the issues impacting our home and quality of life. As the top realtor for the number one real estate team at Keller Williams, you can have confidence in my experience, knowledge, and track record. When it comes to buying, selling, or investing in real estate, choose a name you can trust and someone who understands the community you call home. Call Blake Wynn today and experience the difference of a trusted expert. 702-540-3311. Do you want to take your business to the next level? Then join one of the fastest growing talk shows, Pushing the Limits. We have a wide range of sales packages that can fit your budget. Anything from on-site live remotes to in-studio interviews, email Jamie. Jamie D at KSHP.com. That's J-A-I-M-E, capital D-E-E, at KSHP.com. Sapphire Pool and Day Club, the world's only topless gentleman's day club, introduces its 2023 pool season lineup with a bevy of beauties and social media celebrities throughout the summer who will all host alongside hundreds of Sapphire's topless poolside entertainers. Enjoy brunch in the sun with items like frittata-style omelets, stripping chicken, and French kiss toast before washing it down with signature summertime cocktails. Ten lines beware. Go Bear! Ladies are welcome to go topless within the day club for the ultimate party. Guests can purchase affordable day bed packages, cabana packages, lounge chairs, and more. The best part, though? Pushing the Limits will be broadcasting shows every other Friday throughout the pool season with a ton of surprise celebrity guests. Wow! Reserve your spot now. For more info, visit sapphirepoollv.com or call 702-869-0003. That's 702-869-0003. See you at Sapphire. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Pushing Limits Live on KSHP AM 1400 and now 107.1 FM. Yes, we are live on your FM dial. Make sure to tune in. I want everybody to please follow us on all of our social media accounts at PTL Radio Show. That's P-T-L-R-A-D-I-O-S-H-O-W. If you're watching behind the scenes, you can see that I'm commenting live with you on YouTube and on Instagram. So tap in. All right. I want to tell you guys about my uh, favorite gaming bar in town. 
uh, bar none, hands down. It's Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at uh, Flamingo and Jones. I'm there all the time. A lot of other, because uh, I'm just such a huge celebrity here in town. But I, You actually really are. Huge celebrity, but a lot of other local celebrities uh, join me there. Uh, I love it. I love this place. They have some really, really cool promotions this month. For example, for the month of May, if you earn 1,500 points on any slot machine, the following day on that Saturday, you will get $100 in free play. That's super awesome. Even Chris Wynn, our friend, could get 1,500 points. And then it doesn't end there, folks, because on Wednesdays they have the Spin the Wheel promotion where if you earn just 200 points, which is like nothing, you get to spin a wheel with a chance to win up to $3,000. And then if you get another 300 points, you get to spin the wheel again. Now I'm sounding like Chris Wynn. Bro. 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 K-Van Kino, bro. 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 Ew. Bro. Anyway, that was my Chris Wynn impersonation. Uh, anyway. So please check them out. Jackson's Bar and Grill located at Flamingo and Jones. Great food, great atmosphere, great bartenders. I think I'm going to head out there tomorrow, actually, and grab some lunch. I'm actually really hungry, Ryan. I am too, actually. <laughs> starving. Now you're going to lose your appetite because we're going to talk <laughs> about abortion. But, oh. uh, but uh, you know, a topic that obviously extremely important. Abortion is an extremely important topic to pretty much everybody, especially women, of course, right? Um so this story is so troubling to me, and when you put these abortion bans in place, I knew these stories would happen, and here's an mm. example. A Florida woman, unable to get an abortion in her state, carried to term a baby who had no kidneys. And no chance of living. Yeah. Deborah Dorbert's son, Milo, died in her arms. It's so, so horrible. On March 3rd, shortly after he was born, just as her doctors had predicted he would, she said he gasped for air a couple of times when I held him. I watched my child take his first mm. breath. And I held him as he took his last one. She said her pregnancy was uh, proceeding normally until November when at 24 weeks an ultrasound showed that the fetus did not have kidneys and that she had hardly any uh, fluid that he, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and not only was the baby sure to die, but her doctors told her the pregnancy put her at especially high risk uh, of a deadly complication. Her doctors told her it was too late to, to terminate the pregnancy in Florida. Mm. which bans nearly all abortions after 15 weeks. Now, let me uh, be very clear. Mm. I am not a supporter of late-term abortion, but in these types of situations, it has to be able to happen. And the doctors were unable to perform an abortion because of Ron DeSantis and Republicans Mm -hmm. and all these middle-aged men that are right-wingers that want to take away a woman's right to choose. And I also say that I am not in the minority on this issue. Jamie's not in the minority on this issue. The majority of Americans, Republican and Democrat, believe that a woman should have the right to choose. Women should have the right to choose. It's their body, their choice. Right. What this woman had to go through is she says it was an agonizing 13 weeks of carrying this baby she knew would die. Yeah, she knew it was going to pass. And worrying about her own health at the same time. You know what's even worse? I don't know if you're going to get into this a little bit later, but even while she was carrying this baby, her son was also connecting with the baby, asking about their new sibling, touching the stomach, because the baby yeah. was still moving in the woman's stomach. And the fact that she even felt that she was afraid to go somewhere else to get an abortion because she felt like she would get arrested is that's horrible. Well, I want to call that criminal. And what's the, di- I agree. And what's the difference in Florida? Let me get a little bit more into detail for some of you people out there saying, oh, that's not true. She had the right to get an abortion. No, you're wrong. Here's the facts for you MAGA friends out there. Florida law does allow abortions after 15 weeks if two doctors confirm the diagnosis of a fatal fetal abnormality in writing. 
But doctors in Florida and states with similar laws have been hesitant to terminate such pregnancies for fear someone will question whether the abnormality was truly fatal. The penalties for violating the law are severe. Doctors can go to prison and face heavy fines mm-hmm. and legal fees. So these, what that means is these doctors mm-hmm. that she was seeing, they knew the baby was going to die, mm-hmm. but they were afraid to put that in writing yep. because they were in fear that they could go to jail. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, that's what Ron DeSantis and Republicans have done in Florida. That's what they've done. It's, 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 it's an abomination. Do you understand what you people are doing? Mm-hmm. Do you understand what you're doing to women? If you don't want to get an abortion, guess what? Free country. Don't get an abortion. You're allowed to have a hundred kids, but don't tell other women what to do with their bodies because then we get cases like this where this woman had to suffer knowing that this baby was going to die and she couldn't get an abortion. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so outrageous to me. This is such an extreme view. How is it that there are Republicans out there that still believe this? Right. And now, Brian, because I know we have a few minutes left in the show, people actually want to call in because some people believe that that she should she shouldn't have a choice because you're still kill- the baby could have possibly survived. You can't listen to a doctor because a doctor. This is not my opinion, guys. I'm talking about the commenters because a doctor may be wrong. So if the baby was still moving in the woman's womb, then it could have had a chance of living. So first of all, that is not their decision to make. That should be the decision of the mother and the doctors that are around her and the family around right. her. That is none of your business. Number one, none of your business. And number two, if you think that it is your business, you have no idea what you're talking about right. because you're not a doctor. And you're not that woman. It's not your body or your choice. Well, that's the key. Uh, of course. Jeez. Don't you find it interesting, Jamie, that most of the people that are putting these things into law are around middle-aged white men. Wait, can we talk about the fact that a lot of these middle-aged white men who are voting for these policies are the same ones who are behind the scenes getting their mistresses to abort their babies? Exactly. Tell me, tell me Donald Trump never freaking hate it. Tell me Donald Trump never's had a, uh, never had a woman get an abortion. Go ahead. Tell me that. Right. Riddle me that. And then we learn about Lauren Boebert, who allegedly had abortions as well. Yeah. Riddle right. me that. The same, some of the same Republicans out there that are crying about this. And, and again, I go back to the, the pro-life mm-hmm. statement. You know, a lot of these Republicans, I'm pro-life. Really? How do you think about maternity leave? How do you Republicans vote on that or raising minimum wage or health care? All the government programs that would help that mother raise that child, mm-hmm. you vote against. You are not pro-life. Mm-hmm. You are anti-abortion. And as soon as that baby is born, you are anti-life. That's what you are. So, Brian, I know we ha- we're opening up the phone lines at 702-221-7283. But can we actually open up some comments right now? Some people are actually trying to disagree with you. Yeah. And they're apparently too afraid to call. I want to shout out Trav. Shock, shocker. Trav right now says it's a state's rights issue. She could have went to any other, many abortion-friendly states. Don't use one example out of millions to try and yeah. virtue signal. So let me respond to that, how ridiculous that statement is and how selfish it is. You're telling me that a woman needs to get an abortion and it's a horrible situation where you have a baby that is going to die. Mm -hmm. And you're telling me in one of the most difficult decisions that a woman has to make in her life, you want to make it more difficult. Mm -hmm. You want to make it more difficult on that woman and force her to drive to another state and make it uh, beyond inconvenient Mm -hmm. for her. To drive to another state, listen to what you are saying and how ridiculous it is what you're saying. Mm. You're telling me you have no problem with a woman who's going through hell and has to have an abortion, which is Mm. not fun for anybody. And we're going to say, drive five hours, drive eight hours, drive 10 hours. That's tough. You could just drive to another state. What a despicable thing to say. Do you you have any empathy or sympathy for people who are carrying life? 
do you know how many politicians are talking about the fact that we're losing citizens and, and our population numbers are going down, but you're not talking about the fact that we don't even have enough resources to feed and house and take care of the people that are currently on this earth right now. But you're trying to force women to bring yeah. more kids into this world that they don't want to bring into this world. Yeah, if somebody wants to call in and debate me, you, you feel free. 702-debate us. 702-221-7283. Number to call, call again. 702-221-7283. You brought up another point that I mentioned all the time when it comes to abortion, Jamie, mm-hmm. or those that call themselves pro-life. Obviously, they're not. You bring up the point that I bring up all the time. Mm-hmm. There are hun- Right now, as we speak, there are hundreds of thousands of kids mm-hmm. that are waiting to be adopted. Hundreds. If you, if you say that abortion is illegal, that's going to turn into millions, like almost overnight. I mean, really, really fast. Where are all these kids going to go? It's mm-hmm. funny because the people, it's not funny, it's pathetic, but the people out there that preach pro-life, how many kids have you adopted? Mm. It's interesting. How many kids have you adopted? What do we do with all these kids? Are you going to adopt 20 kids? I'm just curious. In a country where Republicans don't want to raise minimum wage, mm. they don't want to tax the rich, mm. but yet they want millions and millions and millions of more people in this right. country. Does that make any sense at all? Come, hello? It's not realistic. Can we also talk about the fact that there are drop-off baby boxes? The fact that we need to have drop-off baby boxes, I do believe that it does make sure that the babies who are, you know, being left from their take, uh, who are, who are being, <laughs> how do I say this correctly? These boxes, I personally agree that they are good for our society because there's a lot of people out here who don't want their kids and put their kids in garbage cans and right. leave their kids at people's front doors. So this is a great resource to make sure that these babies who are not wanted by their birth parents are safe. That's what I want to say originally, but I was getting and tongue-tied. However, the fact that we even need this is ridiculous because this was even before abortion was considered illegal. Come on now. Yeah. But people don't want to talk about these things. And it's interesting, Jamie. All, I talk about it all the time. It's interesting, Jamie, because somebody on the chat said, have you ever been pregnant? Uh, you just made my... Why just, do we have... No, I'm glad oh he said my that. Gosh. So the answer is obviously no. And you just made my point for me because mm-hmm. the people, the majority of the people that are putting these policies in place are middle-aged men that have also never mm-hmm. been pregnant. Mm-hmm. So you made my point for me. Right. Uh, women should have say. And again, you're in the minority. Can we also talk about the fact that abortions are still not 100% safe for women? I know I have friends who went through, who had abortions and their body has been completely affected for the rest of their life. Right. And some of my friends didn't want to get abortion, but they had to. Yeah. I don't know why people think that you go into a, a freaking office, you get an abortion, you come out like everything's freaking fine. That was so easy for me to do. There are not only physical things that women have to go to go through when they get an abortion, but there's also mental things. A lot of people don't just want to get abortions just because, yes, there are crazy people out there who get pregnant by men and use abortion as a tactic to get the men to stay with them, or they just keep frivolously getting abortions. Okay, I understand that, but there's evil people in all situations. Stop punishing all women. And isn't it interesting that Republicans say they don't want government control, but yet when it comes to abortion, they want government control. Mm. Oh, we don't want the government to interfere in our lives. But hey, when it comes to abortion, Mm. let's let the government interfere. It's interesting when you talk about, uh, or when we talk about, like, for example, um, COVID, Mm. and we talk about the jab. And I I see people that, that talk about uh, you know, we, we don't want the government involved in, in our health care. We don't want mm. the government involved in, 
in, in COVID. Uh, I say, okay, no problem. I agree mm. with you. We shouldn't have the government tell us what to right. do. But on the other side of things, then why should the government tell you what to do with your body when it comes to an abortion? I agree. They have no answer to that because they're all hypocrites. Right. And That's I why. agree. What we have to realize is that abortion, abortion laws doesn't truly stop people from getting abortions. It stops people from having to go through safe procedures to get abortions. Now, I want to bring up another comment that we have from, where was it at? Uh, the, the Vegas, the Vegas Kiki. I don't know what the name is. The Vegas. Tiki, the Vegas Tiki said the children work for the state. Come on, comrade, get with the program. What's your thoughts on that? The children work, work for, for the state. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? No, I'm not even going to address that because I don't even know. It's an idiotic statement. What, like what? Yeah, I don't even know what that means. But anyway. Um, you, know, you know how many kids get lost in the system? Yeah, a lot. You know how many, come on now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that doesn't make any sense. There's hundreds of thousands of kids that are waiting to be adopted where abortion is still legal in most states. Right. Uh, so when you have millions and millions, where are all those kids going? Again, the people that preach pro-life, pro-life. Uh, no abortion pro-life are the same people that haven't adopted any kids of their own. I want to switch topics now real quickly because we only have a couple minutes. Um, I'm a big Jamie Foxx fan. I've interviewed him before on, on a few red carpets here in Vegas. Uh, I think he's a very, very talented actor and yeah. musician. He's a, and this is a really I weird. I saw him at the Cardi B party. We shook hands and everything. That's cool. He's a, this is a very weird story because usually when you get a, especially a big name celebrity that's been in the hospital for several weeks and mm-hmm. the family's saying thoughts and prayers for, for Jamie, you know, mm-hmm. uh, we usually find out what happened. Right. Um, but he remains hospitalized. According to TMZ, all we know all we know is that he suffered a medical emergency. Now, mm, I would think if this mm-hmm. was a heart issue, let's just say he had a heart attack, right. a diabetic shock, right. uh, we would know about that. Right. Uh, those closest to him say that he needs all the prayers and well wishes. That's not good. Mm-mm. That means something very it's wrong. It's grave. He's in grave danger. Yes. Well, he's doing better now. That's what the reports have said. But at that moment, he was in grave danger. Yeah, I, I, they all say the same thing. Pray for Jamie. Pray for Jamie. So I, I do want to ask you, because <laughs> I know this might be controversial, but what do you allegedly think is going on? Why do you think they're not telling us what the issue is? I'm going to listen, I'm going to just I'm going to just talk about the elephant in the room. Do you think it's drugs? So Fox's daughter and uh, members of the family have all said the same thing. Pray for Jamie. And he suffered a medical complication, which mm-hmm. obviously could mean. A number of different things. Mm-hmm. And I hate to speculate because I think that would be unfair to it would. Fox. It would. But, you know, people are doing um, it. People are doing it. Um, let me say this. It could be a number of different things. Mm-hmm. It could be, you know, it could be a blood clot. Mm-hmm. It could be COVID. It could be a heart attack. Uh, a medi- It could be maybe you took the wrong medication. Mm-hmm. Uh, Why would it, they not just say that, It though? could be drugs. Well, I don't know. I will say this. Mm-hmm. The family has the right to keep this private. They do. Uh, you have the right to medical privacy. Yeah. I tend to think that if he pulls through, which we hope he does, of mm-hmm. course. I hope he does. That And I hope, I, honestly, I want to say this because I know we have a little bit of time left. We don't have that much time left. I personally want to send my wishes out to Jimmy Fox and his family and my well my well wishes because I like I said, I've met him several times I've worked with them before and I think he's an outstanding individual I did bring up the comment about drugs because people are speculating that and I want to get your opinion because we you know we're we're talk show hosts we're supposed to talk about things like, so, like that but I will I will say this too I, I asked the question is why wouldn't they say what's going on because a lot of people are asking but I want people to realize that we're not entitled to people's business just because they're a celebrity I will say this though there are people out there uh that claim that they're close to the situation again i don't know mm-hmm. if this is true or not mm-hmm. what are they saying uh, but, Please don't uh, think bad. uh from what i've heard uh from people that appear to be close to the situation oh, and, and is that it appears as though he had to be revived and he had a stroke on set no. uh 
uh, some people that now he's he was on the set working in Atlanta on a film called Back in Action. Oh. It, it, it appears, and again, I don't know this to be true, not alleged that oh, he had so now. Sad. If you have a stroke and he had to be revived on set, that means he's yeah. in front of people. Yeah, well, that would lead me to believe that yes, this is very serious, and oh he may never gosh. be able to act again. So, I know we got a few. Minute, no, yeah. but that's about that too, though. Again, we just talked about the fact. I want to bring up stipulations just because I want to hear your opinion. I don't. Hopefully, don't think that it's drugs, and I don't agree that it is, but. You just said that the family has the right to privacy. Sure. Why would somebody else go out of their way to go on a social media app and then say this? Uh, because people you're not the family. Why would for, you? That's so rude. For, for a number of reasons. First of all, people want to be the first to report on a story. Why? Uh, well, because, because you're first doesn't mean selfish, you're right. Selfish. Um, but that that sounds to me like that's what probably happened. He probably mm -hmm. had a stroke on set. And if he had to be revived, that means his brain was without oxygen for a while. That's oh what a stroke gosh, is. So horrible. Uh, so we we, uh, we hope that he that 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 he can make a full recovery yes. and his thoughts and prayers for Jamie Foxx. And we should all be praying for yes. him. All right. Tomorrow on the show, uh, we got Mac Miller, always a personality. We always get into it. And uh, attorney Tim Treffinger, great attorney. Uh, probably I think he's going to be our next DA. He's going to be joining us in studio. Oh, boy, do we have a lot of NBA to talk about. And we'll, we'll talk some VGK hockey, too, because tonight it's game one against the Edmonton Oilers. And mm. I know. Uh, Are you this, going? This is gonna, I might be going to this one. Yes, uh -huh. I might be going. We'll see. But, I uh, want to go. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how, how the afternoon goes. But uh, thanks for joining us, everybody. I hope everyone has a phenomenal afternoon. And we'll see you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody. Oh, yeah.